your employees are your most important asset. So as you're focusing efforts to grow the business from a financial perspective, you also want to continue to grow your culture, continue to grow the environment that your employees are working in. So they want to continue to work for you and that they're not looking at greener pastures. Welcome to the Impact of Leadership podcast brought to you by CCB Technology. I'm your host, Steve Shear, and this is the podcast where we believe that no one drifts into excellence. Join me as I work to figure this leadership thing out on purpose. Culture is a hot topic. It's talked about a lot through social media. Books are written about it, blogs, all that kind of stuff. And it's a term that gets thrown around a ton. But what is it that makes a great culture? Does it matter what vertical you're in? Does it matter what your tax designation is? Does it matter what type of people work for you? Does the type of work matter? I think all of that plays together, but I haven't had anybody actually to sit down and define it for me. So what I did in this episode is I was trying to get to the heart of what makes a great culture. So the gentlemen you're going to hear from both work for Riley Construction, and each of them has a very significant role within the company. We talk about how they hire, how they train, how they onboard, and there's some really good, insightful stuff here. So before we get into that, I want to take a second and just say thank you. Both of these guys, Vince and John, were very, very gracious with me as I had some technical difficulties. I guess I'll just boil it down to that. I also want to say thank you to their supervisors. So Barb Riley and Matt Prince, thank you for lending these gentlemen to me. They represented the company extremely well. All right, so as we get into this interview, be listening intently for things that you can take from their story and apply them at your business or your nonprofit. Now, Riley is not a perfect business. There are no perfect businesses, but I promise there are things in this interview that you can take away and apply them immediately afterward, even if it's just one step forward. And at the end of the interview, I'm going to give you my takeaway and action item because there's a ton of stuff here. So here it is. My interview with Vince Montemero and John Delavan from Riley Construction. All right, so I am so pumped that you guys are here. Thank you for making the time. I know we were back and forth trying to make schedules work, and you're here. So I'm going to make the most out of the time that we have together. As we get started, uh, if you guys wouldn't mind, please give uh, our listeners some background on each of your roles at Riley and, and maybe a little bit about what Riley does as well. Uh, John Delavan uh, with Riley Construction. Um, been here since uh, college, actually. Uh, I started out in accounting and uh, and it was just not the right fit for me. Um, I also did uh, construction on the side, so the two kind of mixed well for me. Um, I run the pre-construction department at Riley and and I've uh, been there for about 18 years. 18 years. Yeah. Awesome. And I'm the controller in the accounting department. I started with Riley almost 10 years ago now. I've been the controller here for about, I think, four years now. So things are going really well. Love here, Riley. Do you all have direct reports? Like, And what does your team look like? I, I don't even know uh, total employee size of Riley, things like that. Yeah. I would say about 300 employees, including the field. Um, about approximately 80 in the office. You know, my direct report would be uh, the president, um, Matt Prince. Uh, I have five people who report to me in the accounting department. And John, I, I have six in my department. So Vince, before we were we were recording, um, I was able to talk to you a little bit about your story and how you actually were introduced early on to Riley. So uh, why don't you just walk us through kind of the, 
early stages prior to even working at Riley. Yeah, yeah. So um, January 2008, Mm -hmm. um, some some unusual weather kind of came through Kenosha. Uh, It was 60 degrees on January 7th, I believe. And it's not normally obvious, you know, obviously that warm. Yeah, right. Yeah. But because of because of the weather, there were some tornadoes kind of coming through the Wheeling area and, and through the north side of Kenosha. And I was actually working up in Maquan heading home for the evening after work. And tornadoes came through and they were close to our houses on the phone with my mom. And unfortunately, the tornadoes kind of made their way for our house, jumped on the house and kind of uh, pulled the roof off the house mm-hmm. and damaged a lot of the trusses in, in the home. So there was a big hole. Uh, where they it ripped a, a bunch of shingles off the roof, and as I'm driving home, you know my mom, I can hear her on, on the she's on the phone. I can hear our neighbors come up, and it was Dave Riley's wife just checking on us to make sure everything was okay. And about an hour after I got home, there was a, a full crew from Riley Construction working on our house to patch it up because that unusually warm weather was going to kind of it was going to leave the area, and we were going to be stuck with freezing weather in the middle of January. So um, it spoke to me right there that, you know, Riley Construction and the owner of the company, Dave Riley, um, just was a really, just a good guy, you know, just going out to help wherever he can. And it's spoken a lot to me because, um, you know, when I, when I saw the ad in the paper for an accountant, staff accountant job, I said to myself, I want to work for this company. I want to go, um, and, you know, in a weird kind of way, give back and any any opportunity that sure. I might have to thank Dave Riley for you know, everything he did for my family. Yeah. And it's interesting because, uh, fortunately, they brought me on board. Uh, but I've seen uh, what their leadership team does in the community. Everyone's involved in boards throughout Kenosha, mm-hmm. um, just helping in, in any way that they can. Um, you can tell that it's a mission of of the company and I'm proud to work there and I've been proud to kind of follow their lead uh, to help in the community any way that I can. That's awesome. Vince. Thanks for sharing that personal story, man. Yeah, sure. Um, whoever wants to, to jump in, um, can you give a little bit of background on, on Riley? I know it's in the name Riley construction, but that can be a little maybe misleading for some. Yeah. So uh, Riley construction has been around since 1965. It's a family organization, just like a uh, family business, just like CCB. And uh, we were a general contractor and we're local to this area, southeastern Wisconsin, north northeastern Illinois. And uh, we are, um, we do a lot of industrial work, healthcare work, educational, municipal, and uh, we have a great presence in this area. Um, we focus on uh, treating our, cl- our clients very well and we have a lot of repeat business so uh, for us uh, that's everything it's uh, having good relationships uh, with our clients as well as our internal clients those that we work with day in and day out that's good that's real good so 18 18 years is that right yeah 18 yeah. years 18 and years. about 10 years mm-hmm. so between the two of you are coming up on 30 years experience at riley um, I'm excited to hear the, the, the focus of this interview and something I want to zoom in on is the culture at Riley. So I've, I've, I feel privileged actually to be able to experience uh, some of what uh, Riley has to offer uh, via you, Vince, and others at Riley. But um, 
seeing it, Kingfish games and things like that. And also, uh, you know, through one of my uh, direct reports who went to high school with you, good buddies with you. But for those of you uh, that are listening in, that are wondering why is a construction company sitting across from me talking about culture, hopefully by the end of this, you'll, you'll understand. So let's zoom in on company culture for this episode. First, I'm hoping for maybe some feedback on defining culture. I think it's important if you're going to talk about something, we got to set the, the groundwork for what are we even discussing. So in your own words, uh, whoever, again, wants to jump in, uh, what would you say defines a company's culture? For me, I think that uh, company's culture is, you know, when I think of it, I think, what is the personality of the group you know, working for the organization? That's good. How do... How do, how do the workers conduct themselves? Um, how do they kind of get along? What kind of uh, events do we do to kind of bring everyone together? And at the same same time, you know, how are we conducting our business? You know, uh, core values is something at Riley that we talk a lot about. Um, I think that the workers live by those core values. And the reason that our culture is so positive is because we adhere to them. Mm-hmm. Um, I can't think of many people. I can't think of anyone working at Riley that doesn't adhere to those core values. What are what are a couple of them? I'm not not asking for you know a rundown of the website necessarily, but no, you know, it's, it's yeah. very easy and very very short. Okay. We, we call it HiFi. Okay, um, and it stands for humility, integrity, flexibility, and initiative. And I got to tell right. you, people who don't adhere to those core values, they're not. They just don't end up. It's not a great fit for Riley, mm-hmm. so they usually end up moving on. Yeah, um, everybody there. Uh, carries themselves, um, again, a- adhering to those core values. Those core values are actually listed in order of importance. Mm-hmm. So, you know, humility is is something that it's the most important core value to us. And I think the reason that everyone at Riley gets along so well and that we 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 put so much emphasis on Hi-Fi is because it's kind of how we all want to carry ourselves in our, our personal lives as well. So it just makes things easier, I think, to conduct yourself professionally in the work environment when your own personal core values are being on display in the work environment. So use humility, integrity, say it again, sorry. Uh, humility, integrity, flexibility, and initiative. That's good. Um, anything to add? I mean, that was that was good. That was real good. Uh, anything to add to what you think company culture? You know, yeah, just to add like to that a little bit. Um, one thing I've noticed with Riley is that uh, we're, we're very relationship uh, focused and, and it starts with our hires too. We don't, we don't, try to recruit senior guys mm-hmm. we start uh, with those right out of college um, or another, you know, another area like in the field. Uh, we try to, we try to grow them. We try to create a relationship with them and show them a career path yeah. that they can take in the company that will make them successful. Um, so we, we try to try to grow as individuals and grow as a company and, and everything's very open in the company from, from the leadership down to, to the first employee, uh, that everyone understands the path of the company and there's no secrets. You know, it's very open of what growth opportunities there are for individuals as far as where the company's going. Um, so having that, uh, have, having the initiatives out in the open, having the values well posted and lived by, by the leadership team sure. and having great attitudes. One thing that you, that you mentioned that if you could sp- expand on it just a little bit more mm-hmm. is uh, the people that you recruit that you, that you bring into the company. If somebody was to come in as a new hire, what does some of the like training and f- initial steps look like 
Um, and how, what does that play or how does that play, excuse me, into them getting ramped up quickly into the culture of, of Riley? Well, we, we uh, currently have a mentorship program uh, that's uh, being implemented and that basically you'll have a mentor, mentor and a mentoree, okay. you know, uh, the mentor will take them around, introduce them to the various departments, get them acclimated with uh, the Riley culture, um, you know, present them at different events. We have fun events just to help them feel comfortable yeah, and sure. feel them part of the part of the group, get them involved in conversations, all that kind of stuff. And then the day-to-day, um, obviously their their boss would be working closely with them um, to train them and get them up to speed. We also have some things that, you know, um, leadership works with the managers and, and, and with the various employees in the way of like an individual development plan. So yeah. somebody who comes into the office can say, you know, I'm, I'm starting out, I'm fresh out of college, I want to start as an engineer, and but I'd like to someday grow to be like a senior estimator, a senior project manager, something like that. Um, we put develop, we ask them to, to work with us to put together a plan, call it an IDP, and um, we kind of lay out some of the milestones that we would like to see them reach so that they're going to be qualified to step into that role someday. And it's not something they have to be done necessarily right now and within you know the next 12 months it might be a three to five year plan but we want to lay that out for them Mm -hmm. in addition to monitoring them with you know the uh, annual reviews and like maybe a quarterly check-in with your managers you know then out in the field you know we've got apprenticeship programs as people who might be coming right out of out of high school and they want to start in the trades you know they enter the apprenticeship program we can get them uh, you know working with some of our superintendents getting the experience that they need um you know and then mentor and mentee possibilities are also there as well. I've got a good framework and correct me where I may be wrong or, or if, if you want to highlight some things, but I think I got a good framework. So communication, clearly communicating the the values and the vision of what Riley stands for is really important. Hiring the right people from the get-go is important. And then quickly getting them acclimated and letting them know what the roadmap is for success at Riley. Correct. Is that fair? Mm-hmm. Okay. And cultivating, bringing their personality and synergizing with our culture is real important as well. You know, making sure that they continue to stay on the bus and, yeah. and, and you know, they, they're applying the hardworking, you know, work ethic that we have. Yep. I would say that's all included in there too. That's good. Yeah. With, and with what Vince was saying about the IDPs, the career development plans, we're also very flexible. We, we understand people come in with different talents and we try to be flexible with their career path. So if they do choose a different path, that's probably best for the company as well. That's good. It's really good. So um, going a, a little bit deeper, now that we've got somewhat of a framework, I'm interested to know, and I think I already have an idea of what the answer is going to be based on some things you've already said, but uh, what role do you guys play in defining the company's culture? I would say right now with where I'm at, I'm, I'm kind of stepping into a, a little bit of a change in, in role. We had a CFO at Riley who unfortunately stepped away and kind of decided to do his own thing recently. Mm-hmm. Sure. Um, which is great for him. Um, but, uh, he, you know, he took on a lot of what I'd like to say, like our fun initiatives in the office to keep things light. You know, he ran a lot of the office pools, like a March Madness pool and a Super Bowl pool and things like that. So, you know, with him leaving, mm-hmm. um, I've kind of started to take on some of those, I guess, initiatives, if you will. Yeah. Uh, we want to maintain a fun atmosphere. We want people to enjoy coming to work. So for me, I always like to make sure that I'm reminding my employees and reminding everyone that, yeah, work hard. We want to get the results we're shooting for. But 
you know, still, we can still have fun. We can still get together at the end of a Thursday or Friday for snacks and, mm-hmm. and just kind of chat and see how everyone's doing. I, I try to make it a goal of mine to ask my employees how things are going, you know, how was their weekend, things like that. Just kind of talk to them, not necessarily only addressing their work related goals or, or, or problems because, you know, we're all people, you know, you want to have conversations with people. You want to enjoy working with these people. You spend more time with them than you do at your own home. So we want to remember that, you know, as individuals, you know, it's still important to, to build the relationship with your people, I guess. And I think that mm-hmm. most, if not all of our managers do the same. Yeah. I just add to that, uh, you know, yeah, we do try to have fun together as a group, but we also try to win together. And for me lately, it's, uh, my employees that uh, working towards their goals and understanding their goals uh, has a big impact for them, you know, that they know that I'm interested in their success, you know, and I know them, their goals as well as they do. I try to, you know, set them up for the right opportunities for them to succeed in their career path development. So for me to be really engaged in that uh, process with them uh, means a lot to them. That's good. So um, accountability, communication, a clear roadmap, hard work, but then sprinkling in fun. Uh, remembering that we're working with humans. Mm-hmm. <laughs> That's refreshing. That's good. Uh, so I want to shift the conversation just a little bit. Um, I don't want to completely leave um, the culture in the, in the rearview mirror, but I do want to help encourage folks that are listening in who might not have a leadership title. So uh, I remember distinctly looking at people that had similar titles to what I have currently and thinking that they had it all figured out. You get a title and all of a sudden you realize what you thought those people knew all along, they've had to learn. So maybe a cheat sheet from you guys or a couple tips, um, but thinking of that person in mind or having that person in mind, what advice would you give people who maybe feel right now that their role isn't significant because they don't have an authoritative title? I would say uh, the most important, and it might be cliche, but I would say the most important thing that advice that I could give would be work hard and try to identify instances where you can be a problem solver. Not only does leadership appreciate individuals who spend the time to identify the problem, work on it themselves and try and identify a solution, Mm -hmm. but you know, the implementation is very important as well. Problem solvers are not only appreciated from leadership, but also from their peers. You know, if you can make somebody's job easier, that's always, you know, a good thing. Yes, sir. <laughs> um, but good positive attitudes, another cliche, I guess, um, is really important as well because that that can be infectious. You know, everybody goes through bad days. You know, they go through the grind of a, you know, bad winter storm and they come in kind of grumpy. Right. You know, right. but those who have a really good attitude, you know, I, I think it can be contagious. It matters. And it, it really does. And, you know, some of the people who may be having a rough time might have a negative attitude. They see that. And they say, you know, I need to be positive here. It doesn't help the team for me to be so negative. You know, negative Nancy's is what we like to call them sure, sometimes. But, sure. You know, but being positive, having a good attitude, um, it's just conducive to a good team environment. So that would be the recommendation that I would have. And I, I promise you, if you work hard and have a good attitude and solve problems, your company is going to recognize that. You know, it doesn't go unnoticed. Yeah. And so. cliche or not, I think you're dead on and Here's my limited experience with this title of VP of sales is when I see somebody who is maybe not literally standing up out of their seat, but they are separating themselves because of their attitude. It makes my life easier. Mm -hmm. 
when somebody's working hard, it makes other people's lives easier. Uh, from a sales side, if you have a bad sales month and someone else is encouraging you, it helps the entirety of the team. So it's practical and it's real. I've, I've seen it. So I'm, I'm yes and amen, I guess is what I'm saying. Vince. So uh, I didn't know if you were going to add uh, to that there. Just to say that, you know, going above and beyond and, uh, you know, obviously you want to make your boss look good. You want to make people around you look good as well. Um, you want to be that type of person that looks for ways to always improve the process. So there's always ways to be better, you know, keeping a journal of, of uh, ways to correct, you know, things in, in, you know, in the process. I mean, uh, we do uh, after action reviews. Uh, we have a goal for each uh, person in the company to do that in the office. And, and it's not about any one particular thing. It's just a sitting down with a group and finding a way to fix a certain problem or improve a process, make something efficient, make it easier for somebody. So it's good. That's good. So, um, I like to ask this question. Don't feel any pressure if, if nothing comes to mind. Uh, but any books or podcasts um, that you would recommend for folks to check out? And if not, maybe um, a good movie or something. <laughs> but, <laughs> since it is a, you know, a leadership podcast, I do like to ask people, you know, any books or podcasts that, uh, that you would recommend? Some books that I've read, Good Great is obviously a good one. You mm-hmm. know, and there's been follow-up books to those as well. But, you know, I always encourage that to some of my mentees yeah. or some of the new people working, you know, coming into the office. Like, have you read these? These are great books. Uh, Crucial Conversations uh, was a good book. Yeah. But, uh, I've, I haven't read it. I've heard of it. Yeah. 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 It deals with making those difficult, having those difficult conversations so that uh, you don't lose those opportunities to, to, you know, break down those barriers or overcome an obstacle that an employee has or you do with your boss or, you know, just breaching those difficult subjects and knowing how to deal with those. That's good. That's good. So um, as we start to wrap up the interview, I want to say thank you again for your time. I want to say also thank you to um, the senior management team, uh, Barb Riley and Matt Prince, who um, were very gracious in, in offering you guys up and giving you time to come down and, and talk with us. I want to ask one last question. So who is someone that had a positive impact on you and helped shape how you view leadership? This is an easy one. Um, my old boss, Pete Sinsky, is somebody that I uh, look up to significantly just because of the way that he kind of conducted himself in the office. You know, Pete always seemed to have the right answer. Hmm. It was kind of impressive. Like I, everything I came to him with, he helped me work through it. Um, he was very patient, even though it might have been something he told me in the past. You know, yeah. Um, Pete just had a uh, he made things light, kept things light, made it easy for people uh, he had an open door policy and he would work through the issues with you and he'd spend the time. If it was after hours, it didn't matter. You know, Pete has always been somebody who he was a people person. You know, he, he would sit down and talk through issues if they were personal, even though he didn't have to, you sure. know, yeah. um, it was always amazing to me how Pete never seemed to have any stress. You know, I think most people wear their stress is yeah. pretty evident. Most of the time I felt like Pete just never had that issue. Yeah. <laughs> you know, he just, he laughed things off. Um, he attacked problems right away. Um, and just, I learned a lot from him in the way of leading others. You know, if I can be half as successful as he was and how he dealt with people and how he grew a staff, I will be, I hope, I, I think I'm going to be successful. So yeah, I have to say it was my previous boss, uh, Ben Templin. Uh, he kind of mentored me as I came after college and 
he was one of those guys that, uh, you know, was a, also a friend that mm-hmm. uh, we did a lot more than just work together. We'd go out shooting together. We'd go out fishing. Uh, it was, it was uh, but at the same time, you knew always what was expected. And uh, we, we played hard and we worked hard together. So it was, uh, yeah, it was just a strong relationship. It's good. Well, that's, uh, that's everything that I had written down. Uh, the not so curveball question that I like to throw at people is what questions should I have asked that I didn't? Are there areas for improvement? I think there's always instances where companies should be looking at their culture in a way to say, as the company grows, as we, you know, as, as hopefully revenue and volume increases, how are we also looking at culture and saying to ourselves, where can we continue to try and make those improvements? Because your employees are your most important asset, right? So as you're focusing efforts to grow the business from a financial perspective, you also want to continue to grow your culture, continue to grow what it is, you know, the environment that your employees are working in and so they want to continue to work for you and that they're not looking at greener pastures, so, so to say. So I think at Riley, we're always striving to come up with ways to keep our environment positive so that people are um, wanting to stay at Riley. They like it. You know, it's not just, you know, thinking about how much money am I making or can I make an extra dollar an hour working at, you know, a competitor or something like that. Um, and I think Riley just needs to continue to keep things light. Um, and continue to um, maybe, you know, communicate with our employees and say, what is it, what are some some ways that maybe we can do better? Um, just always open to suggestions, I think, is the best way to kind of go, go about that. All right, I told you it was going to be a little rough with some of the technical difficulties, but I do want to highlight a couple things. So first of all, a takeaway. The industry you're in should not define your culture. They, Riley, are in construction. CCB, we're in technology. It doesn't matter. It's the people that make the culture, but you have to be intentional. And that takes some work. Action item. Mentorship and the role that that plays in the onboarding process with new hires. Again, this is going to take some work, but what better way to get people acclimated to what your company stands for than have them connected to someone else in the culture that already is living and breathing it? We've done some of this at CCB, but I know for a fact that I can do a better job as the VP of sales in acclimating people to what CCB stands for by intentionally connecting them to other people that can mentor them on their personal experience of being at CCB. So enough words there. Remember, You can't do this leadership thing alone. No one drifts into excellence, and we do not at CCB have it all figured out. That's why we're interviewing people from other industries and in other roles to see how they do what they do. If you found value in this, please consider taking a couple moments, liking, subscribing, going to whatever platform you're listening to this on, and tell somebody about it, whether it's digitally or in a conversation over coffee, that helps us out a ton. And we'll keep increasing the number of episodes as well as the quality of those episodes. So upcoming episodes are going to cover things like defining servant leadership. Our Memorial Day episode is going to honor the men and women who have served our country. 
The first half of that episode is me sitting down with a wounded warrior and hearing his tales of going to war and coming back and trying to figure out what life is like after being shot by a sniper. Another conversation that I'm very excited about is sitting down with the author of Ego, Authority, and Failure, using emotional intelligence like a hostage negotiator to succeed as a leader. A ton of exciting things coming up, and I'm so looking forward to getting into all of those different topics. But for now, from all of us here at CCB Technology, thanks for listening.